This episode of Inside Coverage was recorded before the news of Brian Robinson Jr. On behalf of Bram, myself, and the Washington Commanders media team, we wish him the best of health and a full, speedy recovery. Right now, can you do 10 push-ups, yes or no? Do you want to take me to the hospital? <laughs> Get out of here. That is cheating. It's over when it started. No, I, don't, yeah. I disagree with when that. You let me do that, I want. All right, welcome into the latest edition of The Unnamed Show with Logan Paulson. I'm Graham Weinstein. Today, let's focus in on the depth of the team. And we're yep. going to do so in draft version. So we're going to have to set some rules here that you can't pick a starter. Right. Or at least a known starter, right? Okay. We're looking for spots on this team to showcase the depth and the importance of those players that we believe they're going to have throughout right. the course of the year, right? And let me just start with this. As you're watching camp, right, what are you looking for, you know, outside of the players that we know are going to be out there for the first series against Jacksonville? Yeah, I think, like, camp is a really interesting time of year, obviously, because there's really 44 guys that are pretty well established. You know, that's probably after the first week of camp. You know who's going to be on the team. And, like, having been a player, you kind of can flesh the roster out. So there's, like, I don't know, 10 spots that are really up for grabs. Maybe. This, yeah, right? So... For those guys, it's like what it's the little things, right? It's like how do they work at practice? How do they study in, in, in the classroom? And those things that people might not see because, you know, when we watch practice, it's like, oh, here's a big explosive play. That guy's going to make the team. It's like, no, like how is he, how's he digesting the playbook? How's he finishing? How's, how important is it to him? How's he doing on special teams? And that's why the evaluation for the bottom half of the roster becomes so challenging because the evaluation parameters are different, right? You're not, I'm not getting, if I'm a tight end, I'm not getting evaluated against the other tight ends. If, if I'm the last tight end, I'm getting evaluated against the sixth linebacker, right? Because we're going to basically embody the same role on the team. So um, really special teams value, um, how they, I, I, to me, a big thing is just finish, you know, like how they do the things at the position that are not necessarily like glorified or gratified or whatever. It's like, um, you know, does he finish his blocks? Does he like enjoy doing the grit work of the thing does he enjoy taking on blocks if he's a linebacker like how does he handle those things it shows a mindset and a passion for what they're doing in the position you know it's funny the longer i come out here the more years i come out here it, it really is week to week too Absolutely. for younger guys it's yeah. really week to week like the first week you'll see a player or two and they'll catch your eye then you'll watch them you know it's a competitive spot like on this team the secondary, where you know a couple of younger players are definitively going to make the team. So you're kind of watching, and you're looking for these couple of guys. The next week, you'll change your mind. Right. It's like consistency. I, that's where I see it. Yeah. I see consistency in younger players, and those are the guys that I think are there for the long haul. Well, I think it's like the, the position that embodies that probably perfectly is the tight end position right now, right? Because yeah. it started off, and it was like, oh, well, these are the three guys. It's you know Bates, Kurt, uh, Cole Turner, Curtis Hodges, and then Armani's going to be the odd man out looking in. Not anymore. But obviously that's changed dramatically, right? Yeah. And I think that that's just, again, speaking to your point, like consistency, can you stay healthy? Can you put good stuff on film? And that's all part of the evaluation process at this point of, uh, of the offseason for sure. All right, so our objects are to draft a depth team. Right. We're going to go in order, like a fantasy draft. Okay. And then somebody somewhere is going to determine who got it right. The fans, correct on social media. They're going to tell us or who Maddie, got this the right. The producer's going to Maybe determine. Maddie will do it. Who knows? Right. <laughs> Here's the deal: uh, six positions. Two of them have to be skill position players. Two of them have to be linemen, offensive or defensive. Okay. okay. And you could do two defensive linemen or two offensive linemen. Up to you. Right. Just have to be linemen. A linebacker or a DB, and then one that they're calling wild card. Okay. Right. So that could be anybody. Yeah. Right. I. 
<laughs> I have a fundamental Let, problem with this just yeah. to start out. Uh-huh. Because I do think, like, take a position like running back. There's no definitive starter at this point. Well, I was so, going to raise my hand and go, can I take Antonio Gibson? Or can I take McKissick even, right? Because, right? like, talk about a mismatch weapon within the context of the offense, right? Like, you know, he would be starting on some teams. He's got a huge role. So, again, like Cornelius Lucas, like all those types of guys that are fringe starter for maybe another team, like – I, I, I don't want to shy away from that, but in order to win the game, I'm going to be really hunting, seeking those kinds of players. Well, then out. I just need to seek like approval right now. My first pick would be Antonio Gibson. Am I allowed to take him? I, I would say sure, just because like I don't Great. really care. But then I then my first pick would be McKissick. Fine. <laughs> but in order to talk about the depth of the position, obviously Jonathan Williams had a really nice camp so far probably a practice squad type of player, but a guy that you feel well, good about. we know about. who the running backs are. No, yeah, but I'm saying, like, yeah. the reason you're not taking Jonathan Williams is because he's not, he's not going to have, like, a role, a starting role or a significant role, like, as an NFL running back today. That's why he's going to be on the practice squad yeah. or a rotational piece. So, again, just from, like, just to give those, the depth guys their due. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. So, all right. So, I think then we're even here. Yeah. Because we took two guys who really are starters on the team. But because of, I don't know, some headlines that got a little out of control about Gibson, in my opinion, he's going to play an enormously prominent role on this team, probably a little differently than we, like people like me who cover the team, right. probably envisioned it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it spiraled into he's being benched. There's a message being sent. Oh, my God, he's returning kicks. And I'm sitting there watching that preseason game the other day going, oh, that's where he's going to kill somebody yeah. in space when they get him out of the backfield making catches. You can call him a backup all you want. Gibson is maybe going to have a bigger effect on games, running the ball five to ten times a game instead of 20, and catching five passes a game where he could blow the lid off of one. Absolutely, and that's play. something like when they draft a guy like Brian Robinson that you immediately, that, that thought comes in your head. Like, even if Brian Robinson isn't the starter technically and he's a rotational piece, like, he's a pure runner. So the, him getting more touches helps Gibson because it helps you kind of manufacture touches for him where he is in space, where, he, where Gibson is kind of that truly special player. So, yeah, even though he might not be the starter or whatever, I do think that is a, uh, I think, I think his role in the offense is going to be so much more comprehensive and, and conducive to his skill set, even on special teams too, right? Yeah. Him re returning kicks, I think that's an outstanding play. Okay, you took McKissick. I agree with you. I mean, you should been, agree with he, me because well, it's been an awesome. Right, he's been an enormous impact player, right? Right. I also agree with you that I'm not really sure how much time he's going to see on the field. Yeah. What his role is. Well, it's the same thing with Gibson though, right? Like, because Gibson in the game was featured heavily in the passing game, Right. But in real life, the guy who's a better route runner, the guy who's a more accomplished receiver, the guy who's got better hands is McKissick, right? So do those touches all of a sudden when McKissick's healthy go back to being McKissick's touches? That's my question for you, right? Gibson in the game gets all these touches in space because McKissick isn't there. But when the, when the, when the big dog, when the second best receiving back in the NFL is back in the lineup, how does that shake out? And that's, to me, a huge storyline is can you get all the guys the touches they want in the context of this offense – so I feel like now, and my mind might change about this, that on first and second down, you're going to see Gibson because he's a home run hitter, mm. right? Yeah. That McKissick, while he's amazing at using other players' momentum against them, yeah. using leverage, great route runner, terrific move-the-chains type of player, he's not a home run hitter. Right. That's not to devalue what he does. I think he's amazing at what he does, right? But Gibson, on any one given play, is the player that potentially takes it to the house. Now on third and short, 
I think I want McKissick on the field. I, don't I think dis- I want the certainty of what he's doing, and I want to move the chains. See, I don't disagree with you, but I think in 2022, the guy that's more valuable to an offense is the consistent route runner who can win a matchup, right? I can get into empty. I can line him up outside and say, hey, you're, you're matching with a backer. You're matching with a safety. He can win that matchup 90% of the time, and I can go with the football there, as opposed to Gibson where there's a little bit of inconsistency with his route running. Yes, he is a home run hitter, right? You get him the ball on screens. You get him the ball on like those angle routes, like we saw in the game. Like, Things watch that, that play he did in Buffalo. A year yeah, ago. like that. There's very few people on this team that do that. Correct, but that don't require a high level of route running nuance and precision. Yes, I understand those situations, but which which plays are going to be more impactful on the aggregate to the season? I'd say the guy who can consistently win your matchups and a guy that is a security blanket for Carson Wentz. We'll we take dropped... the eighty-yard touchdown all day. Well, I mean, you know, like that's a short-sighted approach by right. you because how many eighty-yard t- how many eighty-yard touchdowns have there been? Well, like, there's been many. one, yeah. and <laughs> how many third-down conversions that have extended drives for points? Agreed. Right. So I'm not anti-McKissick. Uh, it Let's sounds just, like yeah. you are. Though. No, I'm not. All right. Uh, pick number two for me. Uh, I'm gonna go defensive back here. And... You go, wait, you jump, well, we can go. We don't have to go in order. I thought we had to go skill, skill. What are the rules? Okay, uh, you do not have to go in order. Oh, okay. You can fill in right. any position right. you want at any time. Well, it's an offensive-driven yep. league, so you're making mistakes. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I am going to go with someone who I think is going to play a prominent role in year two. It is not like the definitive starter starter, because I believe we look at our safeties and go, McCain Curl. I'm going to take Derek Forrest. Ooh, short-sighted. Yeah, I'm going to take Derek it's Forrest. Fine, it's fine. Uh, he is clearly going to have a large role for them. Maybe some of this... Very famous Buffalo Nickel stuff that's going on. Yeah. I've seen a major difference in his play yeah. this year. He's aggressive. He hits. I think he could yeah. be the type of player that could have an impact player on the back end with the way that he hits. And I feel like there's a bit of massive difference for him from last summer to this summer. And clearly with the youth around that unit, he's going to play a lot. So mm-hmm. to me, he plays a pivotal role specifically in three safety sets. <sighs> Yeah, and if you you know you were the one who said that like it's about consistency and it's a week to week thing. Like if you look at the evaluation this week, the guy who's getting more burn there now is Percy Butler, who I'm going to pick. I'm picking Percy Butler for defensive back. And All right, so, tell me why, and I'll tell you why I think Forrest ends up playing a more prominent role sure. and why what's happening is happening this so, week. So, so again, I if we're just picking off like today, I think your pick is fine. Like I think it's a fine pick because I think right now he's playing better football, but I think. Over the course of the season, like, and that's part of the thing with a draft is you're drafting for potential. You know what I mean? You're drafting on opportunity. And I think the guy with more growth potential is Percy Butler, right? He can play nickel. He runs a 4-2. He hits when he can. Like, I think that's an area of the game where he needs to improve. He can fit the runs. He gives you that position flex and the speed to play the position flex. I think while Derek Forrest is a good football player, and there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to be a solid pro for a couple years, his ceiling is not what I'm looking for in my draft. I want more upside. And I, and I think this week, Percy Butler has shown, an oppor- shown, in my opinion, that he can do more in the context of this defense than Derek Forrest can. I think Derek Forrest is a good football player, but I think he's limited. And I think that's why I'm going to go Percy. Like right now, I think you're right. But I'm, th- I'm thinking week five, who's going to be playing better. And I think it's going to be Percy Butler. Okay. I think it's going to be Forrest's job for the bulk of the year. I think Butler is where Forrest was a year ago and is probably about a year away from playing a more prominent role. If I was taking a dynasty depth draft right now, I would take Butler over Forrest for all the reasons that you just said. That next year and the year after that, I'm hoping that he's a starting safety for them. He's playing Mm -hmm. a prominent role. Clearly, he's going to be on special teams this year. I think he is 
not that player for them this year short of injuries. And therefore, I don't think you're going to see him as much as maybe you're anticipating you're going to see him. And the other thing about this week, and you can tell me if I'm wrong about this, I think the backups are playing a ton against Baltimore, and I think he's just getting ready for the amount of reps that he's about to have in a game that is not going to really actually carry over to what we see on week So I'm really glad you brought that up because they are doing Baltimore prep, but they're also doing like varsity prep too for Jacksonville at this point, right? And the guy who's getting the reps with the varsity is Percy Butler. It's not DeForest, right? Or it's not Forrest, excuse me. I almost want to call him DeForest. Anyway, so I think that they're – so what I think is despite what he's shown in practice and in the games, I think the coaching staff here thinks he's a little bit farther ahead of that where we think he's at. And I've talked to the coaches. I think they're excited about him for the reasons that I'm excited about him. And I think if he can kind of grow up, I think they want to give him the job. And I think that is going to lead to more opportunity for him, which is why I don't disagree with you. But I do think that this him playing more on the starting defense this week shows a thought process that is exciting from the staff. And also, I think the other thing is, has Cam Curl performed exceptionally well at the Buffalo Nickel? Has he performed to the standard that they want? Obviously, he had a you know coverage bust against Carolina, had yep. a coverage bust against Kansas City. Maybe they're trying to solidify his role within the defense as that kind of post safety or the the traditional safety yes and find a guy who can play the buffalo nickel and in my opinion after talking to the coaches here they say Forrest has a hard time closer to the line of scrimmage and would not be good in that role i think percy butler has a skill set to maybe play more as that pure buffalo nickel i, if mean, that I makes think sense. cam curl stuff's an interesting development this is two years in a row at the safeties where they ended up maneuvering people sure. around to finally get them into a position right. where they were having some effectiveness I agree with you with Curl. I think he might be one of their best players on defense. They need to find the right role for him. Right, absolutely. Like, clearly. All right, my next pick, I'm going to go on the line, and I think that this guy's going to play an absolutely massive role for this team this year, and that's Wes Schweitzer. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. The, the, at this juncture, like, I don't think that this team can rely necessarily on, especially on the interior, a regular productive starting five that there's going to be rotational pieces that are going to happen schweitzer could be a backup center if you need him to be he can play either guard he probably starts uh, against jacksonville if he's healthy enough to do so with trey turner's injury we haven't seen him all camp i think that's almost a definitive that that's going to happen and i have a feeling he is going to be for them this year the Swiss Army knife they need to keep the whole thing together. He feels like a glue guy to me. When mm. he got hurt last week, that was the one where I went, yeah. they're in trouble on the line. They need him. Yeah, and I I love this pick by you. I, I think it's a great pick because of all the reasons you said, right? He's basically starting. He's basically been starting for the last two and a half weeks of training camp. He's physical. He's smart. He can play center. He can play the other guard. He's the guy that's kind of been in there interchangeably with the other pieces. I love the pick, but I'm going to go. trust them. Yeah, yeah, but if I'm going to pick somebody, I'm going to go Cornelius Lucas here just because I think the tackle depth. Like, I think you can get away. Like, if we were just drafting guards, I think you can get away. You can survive with Sadiq Charles. You can, can, you can survive with some of these other backup pieces. I think they don't have enough tackles on this team, right? And I think that that's why Cornelius is so much more valuable than Wes. I'm watching the waiver wire next week when teams go down to 53. Yeah. I don't think it's out of the realm at all that there's a potential interior lineman or a tackle, to your point. Yeah. If the right one somehow right. doesn't make a team and is available, that they take a look at them. Yeah, because I think right now you've got excellent – I think you have excellent depth on the inside, right? And I think even if Cosme can play, can play guard, I think that's outstanding also. So 
again, it just it's tackle is more valuable on this team, in my opinion, because there aren't many of them, and because he's a high quality starter. I mean, he played, he practiced two day, two days last week and had an outstanding game. So that just speaks to kind of the caliber of player that he is. And again, I love Wes. But it, this is more just like what I think, which position I think is more valuable. And I'm going to say tackle. Okay. Uh, I'm going to stay on the line. I'm going to go other side of the ball. But first, let me tell you where we are. Let's see. We both cheated. I took Antonio Gibson and you took JD McKissick, yeah. right? Which we both agree r- probably are kind of starters. So it's kind of not fair. <laughs> I then went with Derek Forrest. I mean, yours is probably more cheating than mine, but that's okay. Yeah, but you let me do it. Uh, there's, <laughs> it's not cheating if you allow that's, me to do okay, it. That's, that's fair. right. Uh, we then went with, I took Derek Forrest, you took Percy Butler. You like the upside of Butler. Yeah. and think by midseason you might see a lot more of him on the field, especially with the speed. And it's not that right. I don't like Forrest because I think he is a physical fo- – all the things you said, but I think I just think the upside's there. And then I went with Wes Schweitzer because I think he's going to play a key role in the interior of the offensive line, probably playing multiple yeah. positions this year. I agree. You took Cornelius Lucas because you feel like they're going to need help at tackle. Well, and the right? tackling is just like there's not – there's no tackle depth here. Like, who's your who's the other tackle on the team? Yeah, you have uh, obviously um, uh, Leno, Cosme, and who? Correct. And the other guys, you know, like Be- Willie Beavers, all those guys. I don't. Th- I think they've had good camps. I don't think they're NFL caliber swing guys. And so you need a swing guy. Cornelius is the guy. All right, I'm going to stay on the line, other side of the ball. And again, this is, feels like a cheat because he's going to start week one because Chase Young is out. Uh, but I'm going to take James Smith-Williams. Get out of here. That is cheating. He's a starter. you got to pick somebody else. But he's starting. If Chase Young was on the team, but he's he would not, not be starting. If my aunt had a beard, she'd be my uncle or whatever that is, right? Like it, When Wes Schweitzer's healthy, he will be starting. <laughs> so is that cheating? If, if Trey yeah. Turner's healthy, he's not starting, though. That's what, that's what I'm saying. And he, it, Chase is different because he's on the pup. He's not going to be starting until week five. It's fair, Maddie. You can say that in the microphone. Just so. Why is it fair? It is fair because Chase Young would be the starter on this team. All right, fine. And when it, the fine, day fine, he's healthy, fine, he's starting. Fine. Right. Fine. I don't think there's that big of a difference with him in case two anyway. But go ahead. Good. I'll take James Smith Williams. Clearly, there is going to be a lot of attention on Montez Sweat. Right. I would think right. from offensive coordinators who are going to be protecting. Because they don't have the other freak on the other side of the line. And therefore, James Smith-Williams is going to play a big role in determining whether this pass rush and this front is as successful as I think we both know they need to be. Because yeah. frankly, like I still firmly believe this team goes as far as that unit takes them. Yeah. Which is why I think you're hearing Ron Rivera publicly pressure them, even in the preseason, to say, we want things to go this way, we want things to go that way. He's pointing out pass rush lanes and right. that type of stuff. He's coming at them publicly right. to try to get the message across that they are a big deal, which makes him a big deal for this, until Chase comes back, whatever date that's going to be. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. I think, you're, I think this is like cheating, kind of, because he's basically <laughs> been starting since the start. He started all OTAs, all of training camp. Like, you let me pick Gibson. Gibson is – there's a rotational element. Anyway, I'm going to go Daniel Wise here. And I think Daniel Wise because he has shown tremendous potential inside. He's flash as a pass rusher. Again, I'm playing the game correctly. So I'm going with a depth player, not a starter at a position. So I understand. I like, mean, the fact that I have Gibson okay. on my no, team okay. means I win. Uh, but like, I, I think it was I, over when it started. No, I, don't, yeah. I disagree with when that. When you let me do that, I won. <laughs> I don't yeah. – no, no. Oh, anyway. they're going to pick the team that doesn't have Antonio Gibson on it. Okay. I think McKissick, we just talked yeah. about why I think McKissick is a better fit 
for the 2022 NFL standard of what the NFL is than mm-hmm. Gibson is. You want big plays. I want consistency. I want first downs. I want to extend drives. I want mismatches. And if you can tell me that Gibson... I like flashy touchdowns and yelling touchdown Washington. And how many times that, like. is that going to happen this yeah. year? How many times? Once? That happened one time last year? On a big, flashy, long touchdown. Okay, I'm just saying. We're just talking ball How here. many times We're just talking ball. throw him the ball? We're just talking ball here. We're just talking ball. So I'm going to go, yeah, Daniel Wise. I think a lot of potential, a lot of upside going to be that fourth uh, internal internal piece there. I think he'll play a lot of football for this team, much like James Smith, much like Casey Tuhill. Obviously, Big Phil is a guy that I thought about going with here, but I think it's kind of cheating because he's, you know, he's going to be the starter of the Cinco package. He's your third element. He's going to play a lot of football. So Daniel Wise, just to kind of get the name notoriety out there, he's had an outstanding camp, outstanding preseason, ton of pressures, and seems to be playing with a kind of nice mentality, which I enjoy. Okay, this feels like a cheat too, so you can, I'll, I'll let you not let me do this if you think this one's unfair. Okay. Can I pick Curtis Samuel? Uh, he's the third guy, right? So uh-huh. are we trying to bring – yeah, Maddie, what's the what's the? Can ruling? I pick the third guy on the depth draft? He's starting at, at your F position, though. You know what I mean? He's the starter in your as your third receiver. It's like – it's like his – is, uh, what was the guy's name up in uh, New England who started – like Wes Wilker. He was like the leading <laughs> receiver in the NFL, but he's the third guy on the roster. Like is that – that doesn't seem right to me. Do you think they, they st- okay? Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up, Maddie. Before before you rule on this, Maddie, teams now start Monday Night Football not introducing a second tight end or fullback. They introduce a third wide receiver. You know what I'm saying? Like Fine. he's going to be on the screen before the game starts, saying, "I'm starting for the Commanders." Okay, so, like, so I can't pick him. I, I mean, that, Maddie's Maddie's judging. I mean, with that justification alone, I feel like we can't allow it. Okay, <laughs> then fine. Can I pick John Bates? That is a tough one, Coach. I, I'm I'm gonna go yes. Yeah, yeah, I can. Because you have so to. Because Logan Thomas is my star. flex wild card. <laughs> no, you could be your skill. He's your skill. He's my or, skill. Or your flex wild. I guess yeah, I'll take skill because then it makes it easier for me because I can pick anybody with flex wild card. Right, but Maybe he's a skill, he's, he's a skill player, right? Uh, you tell me. Yeah, and he's also hurt though. Yes. So does that impact your? No, because I, th- I have a feeling they're just taking it slow with him, and I'm hoping that that's what the case is, and that he's going to be back. I also think, in the same way that I talked about Schweitzer, I think he's integral. Yeah. Completely, totally integral to what they do this year. He's going to be their, by far, best blocking tight end yeah. that they have on the field. I think with all of the concern I have about the line, with pieces going in and out, likely some rotational pieces, yeah. I think he's someone that helps them solidify protection. And we found out last year he has hands. Yeah. So if Logan Thomas has to be on a pitch count or is not coming back really early in the season, I think he's an integral player here. So that's why I took John Bates. No, I, I think I was like John, I'm you're not gonna find a bigger John Bates fan than me in this in this entire building. He's maybe the most physical blocker in the NFL. And when you're talking about kind of building a run game with, you know, kind of this diverse backfield, I think that's huge. You mentioned the pass protection, which he excels at. You mentioned the hands. He's a very well rounded dude, great frame, all the things. Um and I guess I, I would actually stay with tight end as well, and I would go Cole Turner here. And I think Cole Turner, because He's again, hurt. he is hurt as well. And again, this is one of those weird things where if you're going off of just like the roster today, I'd probably go somewhere else. But just based on what he showed in training camp, the catch radius, the physical stature, the ability to win one-on-ones, again, I, that's a premium for me. Can we create mismatches? When we get an empty, who's matching up with that guy? And can he win? And the answer, I think, is yes. I love Bates, and he can win in a different way. Like if we're in you know, kind of a running formation, I know he can beat a defensive end. I know he can beat a linebacker in that physical element of the game. But if we're trying to find like 
a Gronkowski light type of player who I can line up and say, oh, I get a man zone tell. He can run a deep route. I know he can win, catch the fade. I think that's a very valuable skill set. And again, he is hurt. The hamstring thing is is alarming. Um, but because uh, it's the second time it's happened, he had the same thing happen in OTAs. But again, that's a guy that I just think he speaks to where the NFL is going from a matchup standpoint. If I can't go him because he's hurt, I would probably go Cam Sims here. Like, that's the other guy I would go with. Cam Sims? Yeah, would be the other. If I can't go Cole Turner. He, he falls into the same category that McKissick falls in with me now, where I look at him and I go, well, I think he could be a really valuable player for them. I just don't know how many reps he's going right. to get, how often he's going to be on the field. I think last week we saw what he can be in the red zone. Yeah. So, but that's one of those guys where I go, I agree with you. I just, with all of these different pieces this year, I can't quite figure out the puzzle yet. Yeah, and I think also like his chemistry or lack thereof with Carson Wentz is significant, right? They just haven't, all of his big plays have come and stemmed from his time with Heineke on the field. And him and Carson just haven't seemed to jive yet so that's another thing to keep an eye on with him but yeah if, if I, i'd go cole turner if i can't go him i'd probably go cam sims all right wild card so i can't take curtis samuel you finally put your foot down yeah seriously i mean oh man this is a tough one. Oh god i mean i feel like there's part of me that's going to pick somebody that may not make the team for your wild card and that's that's like a that's a scary move to do yeah it is that's ill-advised it is ill-advised. That's true. You should All pick right, someone fine. Who makes should I team? take a safe? Should I take a safe <laughs> pick of someone who's going to make? I don't the team? know. I have no idea where you're going with this. So I was going to say Milo Eifler. I like Milo a lot. All right, I'll take him. Milo Eifler. I actually think he might be in contention for the fourth spot right now. He just he's well. That's flashing. why I'm picking him. Yeah. I'm assuming he's going to make yeah. the team. So obviously, like, and I go off of you know this is just me watching. He's on all the special teams units, special teams. And, and therefore, like that to me is the ultimate sign of he's probably right. or at least is in line to make the team. And I think we all know that depth at the linebacker position is a real, real question sure. mark. So there are three or four guys that I've been keeping my eyes on the entire summer. Yeah, like uh, Milo Eifler, Trey Walker, who retired, yeah. came back. Right. Uh, Dejon, you know, like you, yeah, yeah, I'm watching these guys, and I'm going, one or two of these guys are going to make this team. And Eifler, to me. Flashes among them the most speed. Right. So I, agree. I think he's going to play. Like, because out of necessity, he's going to play this year. And therefore, he could. And I'm not like looking at it like you're looking at Percy Butler going, I see the upside. Yeah. I don't know that I see that. Right. But I do know he's going to play. Right. And if he has an impact, it's going to be invaluable to them. I mean, another interesting thing here would be to say, like, a guy like, uh, I, I like your pick. And I think he's going to make the team. I think he's going to find a role. Like, he's one of those guys in the in the third preseason game where you're like, oh, like, this is your, you know, the the period, the punctuation on the end of your very solid offseason. If he plays well, I think he's got the job. Uh, but, you know, a guy like Mayo is another interesting one here, I think. I'm not going to go Mayo, but, you know, he's a guy that could start for a lot of teams and a situational starter for this team. And I think it would be... I think against certain offenses, he yeah, abs- will be. Absolutely. Like against yeah. Tennessee, I think he's the guy that's going to yeah. be in there. He ex- in, he's, he's a little bit less... Um, he's a little bit more specific than Bates, for example, but a guy who's very, very good at you know reading his keys in the run game, getting guys lined up, obviously lacking a little bit in coverage, but I don't think he's bad there. It just doesn't... He doesn't like excel. That's why he's not starting here. But I'm going to go with uh, Dax Milne, I think, for my flex guy. And I think because um, the returnability, he knows all the receiver spots. So if there were an injury, I think I could see a way where he's playing a little bit um, situationally. And I think he's just had an outstanding camp. You know, he's just been super consistent, catching the football, running routes, uh, has seems to have a good relationship with not only um, Heineke, but also Carson Wentz. So he's a guy that I, I'm, I'm very excited about. All right, so let's recap. Here's what I got. 
Antonio Gibson, John Bates, Wes Schweitzer, James Smith-Williams, Derek Forrest, Milo Eifler. You've got J.D. McKissick, Cole Turner, Cornelius Lucas, Daniel Wise, Percy Butler, and Dax Milne. I mean... Do you really think you're going to win? Of course, because I've drafted better than you. I don't think so. So let's see. You, you went Milo. I mean, I have like four starters, so that's a little unfair. But <laughs> the, 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 the only one that kind of irks me a little bit is the James one. But I think, honestly, I think I have, for the, for the type of philosophy that I'm trying to embrace, I feel like I have the, the correct offensive personnel. You know, I've got a guy in Dax who knows multiple receiver spots, can return kicks. You're all upside, though. Uh, You're all upside here. Am I, though? Yeah. I mean, you're upside with Gibson. John is consistent. Wes is consistent. I'm upside with Gibson. He rushed for 1,000 yards last year. But I'm saying in the context – you're saying – I'm saying upside in the context of the new offense with Brian Robinson. You're looking at best-case scenario for Yushas. You're saying you think he's going to be used more than McKissick. I think McKissick's will be used more than Gibson. And that's why I like my pick better there because I don't, I don't think Gibson will have the same type of pass-catching volume that we saw – Against Kansas City, because I think McKissick will be around. I do think there will be plays for him. I, I'm not saying he's not going to make plays. I don't think it's going to be at the volume that you think you're going to get here. I think he will have, in most games, as many targets as J.D. McKissick. For, I don't know And about he will that, definitively coach. have more carries than him in every game. I don't. So I think he will get more touches than McKissick will on a week-to-week basis, one way or the other. What he won't be is getting the volume of carries that he got in the past. So that's going to get limited down to what five to ten, maybe, right, on any particular day. But on on targets, there's no way he doesn't receive three to five targets a game. Three to five targets a game, but like, where are those targets coming from? You're you're not going to give Jahan his target. Like Jahan's deserves probably in the context of this offense, I'd say seven to ten. Terry probably. 10 to 12, right? And then you're going to allocate... So then where's McKissick getting it? But I'm saying, so McKissick at least is in on third downs, right, as a pass protector. Uh He's going to be running out of that kind of three-wide receiver set more. He plays in that set more. That set's going to be on the field more. So, I mean, again, I don't want to sound like I'm down on Gibson. The thing I'm down on is how does he fit in this new use? And that's the big question I have for him. All right. Uh, yeah, I, so I am upside with Cole Turner. You are upside with Cole Turner, who hasn't practiced in a couple of weeks. And listen, but, but I like what I saw in the spring, too. Yeah. I haven't seen him play an NFL game yeah. yet. I've seen Bates play. And I, like, I know what he does. And I like Bates a lot. Yeah. I, like uh, lot. I took Schweitzer because I just think he's going to be Swiss Army knife for them and necessary yeah. for them to kind of keep the whole thing together. I agree with you, though. Lucas is going to play a lot. It's a prominent role, and they are very, very thin at tackle. I kind of feel like that's a wash. I mean, just depending on how you're looking at that. You yeah. squint and you say Wes is more valuable. Corn, because of the tackle depth. Uh, you know, it's kind of whichever you're, whichever you're looking at. I got James with Williams, who's going to have more sacks than Daniel Wise, so I'm going to look better. Than I don't you. know how many sacks did he have last year, and he I played a lot. I think he had one. So again, Daniel Wise in preseason has already had three or two in a press, two in three pressures. So a guy who's been able to generate pass rush with limited opportunities. Now, is his role going to be that in the season? Probably not. But again, a guy that I think has some upside. I got Derek Forrest over Percy, Utah Percy Butler. Yeah. I agree with you about the upside. I feel like this is. And again, we have this conversation next year, and I'd go, I would take Percy Butler over Derek. And again, Forrest. I think this yeah. kind of goes back to the Gibson McKissick thing, just in terms of usage. I think you think Gibson's going to be used more, and that's why you value him. I think McKissick's yeah. going to be used more. I think Butler will be used more earlier than I would have thought, even like three days ago. Okay. And then I took Milo Eifler, and you took Dax Milne, as we think that these are guys who won't have prominent roles but could have important roles. Right, and yeah. I think uh, of the two, Dax will probably be more significant because I think he's returning punts. Okay, what's the rules? People get to vote on this thing now? All right, we want fans to decide on our drafts. 
Man, we got in the weeds today yeah, with this. This is good, though. Uh, commanders.com, the depth draft. If you vote for him, it's only because you favor the player, and it's just not fair. Whoa. <laughs> it's. I don't know about that. It's probably because I could do 10 push-ups. <laughs> I can do 10 push-ups. You can't do it right the now. Fact that you, you can't do it right now. You see, because what you I say? had wrist I, surgery. I said, can you do 10 push-ups? <laughs> and you said, I can't do it. My wrist hurts. So you because I had wrist surgery. That's not my wrist 10, hurts. Can you ridiculous do, right, thing to say. Right now, can you do 10 push-ups, yes or no? Yes or no? Do you want to take <laughs> me to the hospital? <laughs> Is that what you want to do? I don't want to do that. Do you want to actually bother our training staff to fix my we wrist? Should, should, and make we, me do something that I shouldn't be let's doing. Let's go down and get yeah. it taped up, and then <laughs> right. you do 10 push-ups. Yeah. All right, that's it for this show. See All what right. happens next time. <laughs> <laughs>